My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Welcome to my podcast, My Love of Life. This is Anna Scott, and I am um, tickled pink is not the word. <laughs> Excited. I maybe wet myself <laughs> <laughs> because I am um, I'm getting to speak with today Rob Cook. And Rob is, oh gosh. Rob is probably one of the most, he's just such a special human being. And how I got to experience Rob is Rob came in as a guest of Michael Neal on Supercoach and he was a guinea pig. (laughs) And he um, did a three-day intensive with Michael and I watch Rob come into being and witness him and him fall out of his thinking and become the magical, powerful, beautiful, like, like you're a change agent in life. That's how I see you as a change agent in life, a powerful influencer in life to wake people up. So with that, welcome Rob Cook. Man, thank you. And I don't think I've ever had an introduction like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if that's, man, bring me back whenever you want. If you introducing me like that, bring me back whenever you want. I am here. Wow. Uh, thank you. Thank yeah. you for, for, letting me be here but again it's funny because i'm more excited to be on the anna scott show than <laughs> like you know like i remember <laughs> watching you in programs and just going like man she's so wise mm. like man she's so cool or she's so funny like all of it <laughs> you know like all of it um so i i am excited to be here as well I, um, well, now that we're having our mutual admiration society, (laughs) (laughs) you know, Rob, you, um, you really saw something and you're really seeing something, you know, we both come from this understanding of the three principles and both work with Michael, but I would love, I would love you to share what it is that you saw, what's impacted you. Um, man, so, so much. Um, but I guess the, the biggest was I wasn't broken. (laughs) That was, that was the, yeah, that was the, the, the big one. I wasn't broken. Um, I guess next biggest was realizing I didn't have to carry my life around on my back. Mm. Um, because I cared so much that every time I showed up for anything, I was exhausted and I, I didn't have a chance to fully respond to it because I just didn't have any energy to, to meet the experience because of all of my overwhelming thinking that I brought to the situation to start with, um, or my can of gas that I used to carry you know, for, for what would be race relation issues or what would be veteran enemy issues and light something up that didn't need to be on fire and light it on fire. Like I was just 
just so unknowing of how the human experience worked hmm. that I was in. Um, I don't know. It's it's worse than prison, honestly, because the time I spent in a jail cell was much easier than living. Oh wow! Holy, excuse me, but holy, <laughs> wow! Oh. Uh, like, yeah, it was. Um, Can you say more about that? Because that what you just said was like a wave just hit me. Well, when. Um, so the, the military have their own criminal justice system. And the rules, what we call the UCMJ, the Uniform Code of Military Justice, has a different set of rules than society. So if you were to get in trouble with the civilian police and say you got off scot-free with the civilian police, great. But you're still a military member, so you have to come to a court-martial or your commander or somebody still gives you a form of punishment or judgment, so to speak. And so I had got involved in an alcohol-related incident um, in, I think, 2014, 2015, that I had to go to military prison for. Um, and it's funny because I, I had a military lawyer, and because they thought the same way I thought, it was like, oh, it's over. And my wife now got me a civilian lawyer because she didn't understand how the military worked. My family didn't know how the military worked. They just they just knew jail. They didn't it, it didn't make sense to them. I was like, I'm still in the active duty military. It's a long story. Can't explain it. Blah, blah, blah. My civilian lawyer was like, hey, I got good news and bad news. He says, the good news is I've got this all sorted out. It won't be on your record. You'll be fine. You'll be back active duty. The, you know, everything will be, the wrongs will be righted, so to speak. He says, the bad news is I don't know how long that's going to take. Mm. It could be one month, be six years, but I need you to stay the course because at any point, if you have a problem, if you have an altercation, if you have an issue, then it won't be removed from your record. And once your military time ends, you'll be a felon. Oh, wow. And so that was what the the beginning of my experience in jail was um from the place of i can't fight you when you call me that word that some call use racially to describe blacks i can't even fight you because this fight could be the difference in me being a felon or oh. or or free but it was the first time i started realizing how much power i really had when the priority was changed in front of me didn't know, didn't know what it meant. Didn't know how to it all play. I just, I just saw that it had happened. What was so interesting or what was so, so powerful and that intensive was Michael made sense of my entire life for me. He made sense of everything I had ever been through. He had made sense of my ups. He had made sense of my downs. Um, and although I could not understand it intellectually, it sure as hell made sense in my heart. Yeah, you could feel it. I could feel it. Yeah, I, I couldn't fight it either. You know, as much as I may have wanted to, because what I knew was comfortable, I couldn't. And um, wrapping my mind around that, that I wasn't broken, anything was possible. And, and this understanding, it just changed the game. It, oh it literally changed the game. It was, 
Um, nothing is the same for me now. If if you would have would have looked at if I compare myself to to what I was like pre principles to now, um, because a lot of the things I said and did from my my previous time were all based on the thinking of somebody else. It was all what others thought I should do. It was all what I had to do to fit in. It was what I had to do to make others happy. It was, I was the responsible thing to do. Mm. You know, um, everything, even situations I didn't want to be angry about because of my affiliation with this, I had to be angry about them. And so I had to conjure up a response of anger when I didn't really have it inside. <laughs> and so, yeah, man, it was like, it was like this, I, I, easiest way I'll say it now is fitting in sucks. That's what I'll <laughs> say now. I'll say, you know, fitting in sucks. And and now that I don't try to do it anymore, it seems to have one hell of a spotlight on me. Wow. You know, because um, I'm done with it. Uh, there's a few things that I'm done with in my life. One is fighting. Mm. The other one is hating. Mm. And the third one is fitting in. Wow. I, I, I don't even, I, hold on. There's so much, like I, my mind is like, <laughs> but what about this? What about this? <laughs> and I'm so curious what you saw, like you really saw something that didn't make, make that those didn't make sense. Fitting in, hating. Oh yeah. No. And I, I mean, they didn't happen necessarily at that moment, but they were, the thread snatched the whole sweater to before long it was all falling apart um i think the real first thing i i dove into was um what do i do about my past because i had used that to identify myself mm. um the the hatred thing came about i i realized okay Excuse me. If this understands, right, I gotta interrupt you, right? I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I have to because you just said something so powerful that if people understood what you just said, and we pause there for a second, it, it's it's so revolutionary that you used your past to identify you. And what I felt in that moment when you don't do that is this complete freedom. Oh, absolutely. But but no, like you're going like like it was like one of those things like I got an ice cream cone or I got a cup of coffee. Uh. But yeah. you're like, yeah, I don't identify with my past anymore. It doesn't identify no. me. No. Say like, like, do you realize if more people understood that? That's that's huh. huge. Well, I, I I can say something to it. I I that particular one I I write about now, because it's basically I think we use about. Um, I talked about this. Michael actually even when I told him about it, he pulled me into a group to talk about it. Before this understanding, I was identified by either my body type being athletic, mm. uh, my preferences being heterosexual, um, my emotions being a happy person or whatever, my behaviors, the job I had, or I was a military member. The understanding showed me that all of those was with inside of who I really was. They didn't <laughs> identify me. Like I was, I existed before any of those things I said are Robert to include Robert. Like, again, 
I was nine. I don't, I think my mom tells the story as they was fussing over my name because her and my dad had broke up as high school sweethearts. And we didn't even know if I would get his name, but I am named after my father and my grandfather. But my mom changed my middle name. So I don't have my dad's whole name, but I have Robert, the first name. So even Robert wasn't this, I'd already existed for months before I knew they would call me Robert. Wow. So that, that piece um, for me was huge because it took me on the track of learning who or trying to identify who I was. And it was so funny that I, I started laughing at myself in the office one day thinking, oh, well, no shit. You can you can you could do nothing of value because you're trying to place value on something you couldn't even identify. No wonder your business is shitty. You 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 don't even have you don't know who you are. How how do you expect to ever walk out here and and, and claim a rate or so-called value to what you can provide and you have no freaking clue who you are, dude? Mm. Oh, well, I'm this. No, you're not. Oh, well, I'm that. No, you're not. <laughs> like, no, you're not. <laughs> so, uh, Anna, I promise you, man, I go, the stories may seem dramatic, but maybe that's the way it plays out for me. But I used to come in here and write, like, if this is inside out, then I need to find all the things I hate so I can start working on them one by one so I can stop hating them. And it was, I hate this people group, or I hate this type, or I hate this and this. And I, it was one day I was in here after I had worked through and dug up a bunch of shit about the past and how I did with this. It was kind of like, wait, if I just stop the I hate, I ain't got to go through this whole damn list. Like, this yeah. shit is hard. Like, each <laughs> one, one by one, like, jeez. But if I could stop the I hate, right well how do i stop hating oh I, I got a lot of judgment so i go back to that okay well let's get to less judgment why do we got less judgment because we don't know a lot about people we know what we think we know about them and that causes me or seems very cool to judge mm -hmm. then it was like it kept going back from there and I, I and i also start seeing it in my life once i retired from the military in 2017 i was just as close to my friends 2018, 2019, by 2020, I became, well, you're a civilian, Rob. You don't really understand. Oh, wow. it was, I did 21 years. What are you talking about? I don't understand. Well, Rob, you're out now. You're different. You're not, you're not really one of us anymore, dude. You know what I mean? Kind of like, oh, wait, what? Like the talks about, about, you know, their deployments, the talks about the family structure, things don't flow as free with me anymore. And these are these are dear friends who who will fly across and be anywhere I need them to be. And we'll still do that now, probably. But but they see me as a civilian and in their world, that's different. It 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 um, when you said that my heart broke for a second. Because they're seeing they're thinking of you. Like we see the thinking of people and we don't see the humanity yeah. of the person. I mean, I think they love me. But the conditioning of our, the structure of the military is us versus them. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I spoke about that at the 3P UK conference. Like that was what I learned um, earlier when I said I don't want to fight anymore. 
I'm 44. All of the first 17 to 18 years of my life was fighting the narratives of being a kid who grew up in a single parent household in the projects. Like it was always just trying to show I'm not a fucking thug. Oh God, sweet man. <laughs> like that was the whole fight then. Granted, I was doing thug shit now, so maybe that didn't help. <laughs> that little thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that little thing. Right? <laughs> that didn't maybe help help the case. No, but but I remember getting to 18 and 19 and not having a clue what to do because nobody saw that as possible where I'm from, in a sense. Um, or or lifespan shortly thereafter wasn't much longer unless you made it out playing sports. And so sports were huge for me as a kid. Um, because I thought it would be my way out. Well, it turns out I wasn't that good. <laughs> so, <laughs> or at least not good enough to get out. Right? <laughs> oh, shit, we need a plan B, Anna, right? Like, oh, my God, military. So um, the military was it. And oddly enough, the military was a very, very bad um, or had a bad taste in my family's mouth um, because my grandfather uh, when he got when he came home from the Korean War, he mm -hmm. came back to Birmingham, Alabama. And when you get when you leave the military, you get your honorable discharge certificate. It's called a DD form 214. So that certificate says this person has been honorably discharged. That's your that's your right of passage to get a job. Do this. But if your your DD form 214 says dishonorable discharge, when people look at it, they go, huh. Eh. Thank you, but we're going to let someone else clean our toilets. That's like how they make us feel from it. Like dishonorable, you can't even get a job cleaning toilets. It's, it's the, the projection of thought they put on you. When he came home from that in the very segregated South, um, he went to try to get his corrected because his name, his last name was misspelled. So our family last name was G-I-V-H-A-N, Gavons. And his was spelled G-I-V-I-N-S, Givens. And the way my grandfather tells the story is that he was told, N-word, just be happy you're home. Go find a job. And wow. so my grandfather had seven kids. And they all had children. And we're starting to have children. But when we go to a family reunion, there's two names on it because the segregated South wouldn't at least change my grandfather's name to the proper spelling. Um, and so my family pointed that to being in the military. And so they didn't want me to have any parts of it. I, 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 um, I, I just have to comment on something. This is when I said you're a change maker. I forget what I introduced you, but whatever the word. <laughs> is I can feel this lineage of the hatred and anger and hurt and betrayal and you're transforming it. Oh yeah. When you said, I don't hate anymore. Yeah, I'm love and light. Like that's it. And that's why I say I'm, I'm my, the tagline under unfit is to never compromise yourself. Doesn't mean I don't make mistakes, but the moment I realize I'm not showing up as light and love, I'm compromising myself. Oh God, Rob. It's so funny when you said you, um, 
you know, you don't carry the burden on your back or what you said, something about carrying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't carry my life on my back. Yeah. In the backpacks, the bricks and the. And all I felt when you said that is the truth of how much you care, like your love. Like, I think love cares. Mm -hmm. And I could just feel that when you said love and light and like, all you do, I feel is this immense amount of care in you. Yeah. That love. Talk about a liberator. Oh yeah. It's, it's completely, again, it's changed everything. I even laughed and I told Michael one day, I said, I think I'm ready for the white supremacist. And he kind of looked at me. I said, I can love him. Like, I know that about myself now. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. I can, I can love him because I know he just is believing his thinking. Oh, Rob. Like, that's it. He, he is no different than me, no different than any situation. Granted, I mean the shit. Trust me, I ain't. I'm I'm black. I ain't. I ain't one for him to be out there like that. But there is not anybody. There is not one. Per- if you are breathing, I believe this, man. If you are breathing, and somebody will do what I consider Michael did for me is just set a space to set a, a space of non-judgment and love for me to see something else, then that could happen to somebody else. Because I come from a place, Anna, where how me and you are embracing now, I show up with you and introduce you to my family and I'm having to have very many sidebar conversations with you. Hey, don't take that personal. Hey, that's just how they is. Hey, okay, uh, uh, okay, Anna, we're just gonna leave. I, um, I need to share this with you. When I was um, a little girl, my mother made me watch, I mean, she sat me down and made me watch A Patch of Blue and To Sir With Love. I don't know if you know those Sydney Poitiers and it was about race. Mm-hmm. And my mother would say, you know, human beings, we've learned all this technology, but we haven't learned how to be kind to each other. Mm-hmm. And what I feel is that you're gonna be the liberator. Like you have the, you have the presence and the capacity to do it because what you're saying is the truth and we just need to be liberated we need to be let out of our jail of our thinking profound i believe it i know you do i it's it's almost like um it's funny because i get people will ask me um hey where do you stand on this issue where do you stand on this issue and sometimes I'll beat myself up, like maybe I should get involved in the issues more, and, and, or maybe I should have a stance on this or that. And, and then I always come back to, does it conflict love and light? Then I don't stand for it. I can, I, I never have to get in the weeds. Like I never, like I'm, I'm serious, man. I, I don't like fighting. I don't like having an enemy. And that's been the first 40 years of my life. There has been a clearly identified enemy one that I'm at war with, one that I strategize how to defeat. And I don't want that anymore. Like I literally just enjoy rolling up on somebody in the grocery store. And they're like, <laughs> hey, how your day going? You know, and they'd be like, whoa, dude, you are. Or somebody seeing me in my pajamas and Crocs and going, um, you need some help? Like, oh, why why you think that it's like you got on pajamas and crocs oh yeah yeah i just yeah i just that's it like yeah right not taking it so serious um still having problems still facing issues it's it's not that life became perfect but 
man, the relationship I have with, when it comes to, um, I, I, I think the best I've ever heard it was Wynn Morgan. Wynn says, I'm just at peace with being a human being. That's all I've gotten to. I'm just at peace with being a human being. Like the moment my eyes wake up, my Lori, my wife, she picks with me so much. She says she she works at a a presidential uh, library. And so the moment she wakes up, she could be hit with 50 emails or because her staff is like 500. She can have 10. She can have 50. And she says on the days that her morning start off off the rails, so to speak. She says, what makes her, what brings her back is that if she could make it upstairs and watch me wake up, <laughs> she says, because I, I do it. Yeah. She says, I do it the same every day. She says, one, this face of mine looks shocked. And she says, you kind of look around like, oh shit, I made it. And she says, all of a sudden I could see your excitement begin to, and you just pop up out of bed. And I said, what I say to myself is, oh, I got a chance. I got a shot. Like, I'm still playing the game. I'm still, I'm living. Like, I'm living. I'm st- that's it. I'm still playing the game. And then at that point, I'm coming downstairs. I talk shit to my dogs, you know, make it over to my coffee, you know, regularly. But I, I start the morning with just this excitement about being in the game. Like, period. I don't care what the game is of the day. Like, no, I don't like hearing, you know, my brother going through things with the loss of a child. My my sister going through a custody issue. Like, no, I don't like any of those. But man, I sure as hell like the opportunity to experience them by being alive. Yeah. I, I had, I was just reflecting on what takes me out of the now, being present. And I realized when it's, that I just don't want to experience whatever I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But whatever I'm experiencing is all part of life, all of it. Yeah. All of it. The tragedy, the sorrow, the grief, the rage, yeah. the love. It's all of it. All, all of it. Yeah. All of it. All of it. Yeah. That, that helped me so much slow down and stay present because again, the, the military was about follow the path, but next step, get to the spot, this and that. And I came into my civilian life, like thinking I had to make up so much ground or I had so much to cover and these mountains to climb. And I remember listening to George Pransky say something once, and it, it just hit me like, wait, if mine is omnipresent, meaning everywhere all the time, there's absolutely nowhere I need to go. Yeah. I just need to calm down enough to hear it. And the only way I can hear it is to be present. I only got a few things I know to get present with. One is laughing. That's why I'm always fucking laughing. Like, seriously. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm only a trick of what they said. Uh, I only got one trick. It's like, whenever shit for me is crazy, I have to laugh. Cause that's the, that, that stops it right there. And it's funny because that didn't just come into principles. I remember one time we were, we were getting mortared attack and we were running and you're supposed to kind of get into the, uh, your bunker and you stay there. But, uh, the guy I was running with, he tripped up and failed. <laughs> and so we're laughing at that, but we're still trying to get the cover. But the fact that 
we could find that moment in that moment was like a, it was it just showed me the different um levels of consciousness a person can have about their experience got it uh, in in the moment yes <laughs> like like really rob i um god we're, we're i can't believe it this is the fastest 30 minutes i've ever had in my life. <laughs> we only had 30 minutes because you you have a time for 30 minutes i could talk to anna scott all day long. well we're gonna do it again because um it's too good you're also I'm really true. You're a liberator. You're here to transform life. Like not, not you, but life is coming through. It's so clear to me. And God, there's so many things I want to ask, but like, how do people find you? Where do they, how do they get a, to experience more of you? Because what a gift if they get, if a person gets in your presence, that's all they have to do is just get in your presence. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Wow. Where do they, where do they connect with you? Seriously. Um, you could we could start with uh obviously the social media platforms i'm rob cook i m r o b c o o k um you can go out i have a facebook group called the unfit community um and it's not just about physical health but it was my understanding that the root word of health is heal so that's where we start um mentally physically and spiritually we're talking about getting ourselves into a better space um so you could get into that Facebook group. Um, you can hear me on the 3PGC podcast call. We're listening, which gives me an opportunity to meet some amazing people and drop those biases and become educated about other experiences that I didn't know of and form those ill-advised, um, you know, thoughts from. And so it is, it is the 3PGC podcast. We're listening is available on all your favorite streaming platforms. Um, and you can just go to the website, umrobcook.com. But any of those, um, you may see something on fitness there. And if fitness is not your thing, still plug in, you know, because right now it's evolving into overall health because I understand it's a lot deeper than, than our body image. So, so that's changing as well. So that's what I can find me. Whoever, um, whoever gets to be in your presence is blessed. Mm, thank you. And it's it's just you being you. It's really a gift. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you, everybody. And you, Rob, Rob's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> if he'll come back, I want more. <laughs> I want to I told you, like, hey, with that introduction, I had to bring it so I could get an invite back. Like, man. <laughs> That intro was what set the tone for this. Oh, thank you.